Well, we're so glad that you could be with us this morning, and uh, we're continuing our studies here in, in Romans, the book of Romans chapter 7. So you can turn your Bibles there or your devices as it might be. And this morning we want to look at the death of jurisdiction, of legal jurisdiction over the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> We've been baptized into Christ's death. And the scripture says that the wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, so we're looking at the concept of freedom in Christ Jesus, freedom for righteousness, freedom to righteousness, and freedom from uh, sin and the uh, gravity of the fall of our natures in Adam, Adam 1. Uh, Adam 2, the Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ, has made us free. And if the Son has made you free, you've been free, made free indeed. Uh, so we want to consider this morning uh, the death of that legal jurisdiction over our lives because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and the wages of that sin is death. <clears throat> and so we're looking uh, this morning at Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. And if I might, I'll read those verses for you. You can follow along as we read. Or do you not know, brethren, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives. For the married woman is bound by law to her husband while he is living, but if her husband dies, she is released from the law concerning the husband. So then while her husband is living, she is joined to another man, and she shall be called, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is not an adulteress, though she is joined to another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ, that you might be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we might bear fruit for God. For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body, to bear fruit for death. But now we have been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound, so that we serve in newness of the Spirit and not in oldness of the letter. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word as we consider uh, these things this morning. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Fill us up with the knowledge of your will for our lives in all spiritual wisdom and understanding that we may walk before you in a manner worthy of our Lord Jesus Christ. May we please him in every respect and may we bear fruit unto every good work. May we increase in the knowledge of you, the most high God. Strengthen us with all power according to your glorious might that we may abide in Christ and be steadfast and be patient 
and be immovable with your peace and with great joy. Fill us, Lord God, with your spirit that we may understand your word and order our steps in accordance to your will. Lord, break up the fallow ground in our hearts and let our hearts trust in you because our affections make them to be directed to the things that you love and open our eyes to see and open our ears to hear and open our understanding to take hold of the word that you have for us this morning. Order our steps, Lord God, in accordance with your word. And may we bow to the authority that is there in the living of our lives to the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray these things in our Lord Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for, for being here. Uh, let's take a look at these verses. Number one, or do you not know, brethren, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives. So um, the point, the major point that we want to make here is that by the deeds of the law, the deeds of the law do not sanctify us. We're not sanctified by the law. And uh, we've, we've taken up this, this topic. It's, it's been, this theme has come through chapter 6 and earlier chapters uh, where the law has, uh, we're, we're under the, uh, the, the revelation and the truth of the law, uh, but the Christian life is not lived by, by doing the deeds of the law. Uh, in Romans uh, 3.20, we found that um, that all flesh, um, that we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be closed and that all the world may become accountable because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight for through the law comes knowledge of sin. So, the scripture is not teaching that the, and the Apostle Paul is not teaching that the law is a bad thing. He's simply teaching that the law does not have power for righteousness. It does not have power for the justification of the believer. And so he says, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So the law and the prophets speak of the glory of God. And no flesh is justified. Now remember that justified means that we're, we're born again, that we become uh, uh, justified before God and before a holy God for our sinfulness. But I also want to make the, the point, and the point that's being made here in chapter 7, is that we're not sanctified by the law either. We're not sanctified by the law. We're sanctified by God's grace through faith. And it's a miraculous act of God's power, the resurrection spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ that sanctifies the believer and we live by a higher law. So the questions were, and, and we looked, as we looked at in chapter 6, shall we continue in sin? That was the question that was asked. And the answer was that no, you are free from sin. And we find that in, in chapter 6 and verse 22 there if you want to 
to look at, at that particular verse. It says, um, but now having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit resulting in sanctification and the outcome eternal life. So what I want to make the point of this morning in these verses is that, um, that we've been given freedom from sin and we've been given freedom into the, 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 the doctrine and the truth of sanctification being set apart in holiness to God. And, uh, and then there's a, there's a second point that was being made. Do we continue in sin? No, because we've been made free from sin. Your identity declares that in Christ Jesus, in Adam too, you were made free to, to be the servant of righteousness. And that's, those are the things that we discussed in chapter 6. But intermingled with that was the question, shall we sin because we are not under the law? Because if the law has been broken, uh, is, it, is it necessary uh, for us to, uh, uh, to, to, to look at sin in light of, well, I'm free to just continue in sin or just uh, com uh, commit sin because I'm no longer under the law? But the scripture and the Apostle Paul is clearly teaching that no, and the point here and the point in these verses is that you are dead to sin. Okay, We've died to sin in Christ Jesus. We've been buried into his death. You say, man, I, I may be dead to sin, but it sure doesn't feel like it. I've struggled with sin this week and, and struggled with different areas, and, and maybe some of you are ensnared or trapped in a habitual sin. Uh, and that sin comes from your sin nature, the old nature. But the new nature in Christ Jesus, it's contrary to it. It is contrary to it because your position in Christ is that you've been buried in his death. And the principle that we just read about is that you died in such a way that that no longer has authority. It no longer has reign. It no longer has jurisdiction over your life. So let's look at these verses. Notice that it says it begins in, in verse 1 of chapter 7 with a big or. And this or connects to, to verse uh, uh, 6, uh, 14. Um, so... And uh, in, in 6.14 it says that the law shall not have authority or mastery over the living uh, mankind. So notice it says, uh, or do you not know, brethren, for I'm speaking to those who know the law, that the law has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives. So we've got this, this theme of life and death uh, and the authority that is over living mankind. The law has authority over living mankind. But notice that in, in Romans 6 and verse 14, it says that you're not under law but under grace. And it says in that verse, For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. Did you get that? We need that verse, Lori. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law but under grace. So what does it mean to be under grace? And what is, what is the Apostle Paul, the point that he's making here? And the point that he's making is that uh, there is a, a freedom from, uh, that, from death that separates us 
from the authority, from the mastery, from the jurisdiction of law. And it's not freedom uh, to do the idea of uh, the freedom to do what we want to do. Spirituality is not determined by the things that we negatively do or not do. Our, our marital union was with Adam 1, and the law has authority over Adam's seed in that fallen nature. Uh, the law has mastery and authority over it. But uh, it's not the freedom to do what we want to do, but it's the freedom to do what is right to do. It's the freedom to righteousness. And that, of course, was the theme that was covered in Romans chapter 6 at the end of the chapter. So uh, there's a list of do's and don'ts, and they may become a, a journey back under the authority of the law for the Christian. And so this is important for us to consider um, as, as the Apostle Paul directs our attention back to the fact that we're not under the law but under grace. He's desiring that we would know something. And the, the, the bottom line here is that, uh, that, that most Christians do not know. Most Christians do not know these things that, that Paul is speaking about. And by that, I mean that we constantly uh, move toward, um, toward living the Christian life by a list of, of certain do's and don'ts instead of by the power of the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ within us. And what does that mean? But that the grace of God, we've been given access into this grace wherein we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God, the power of God, to do in and through us what God alone can do. And that is life out of death. The resurrection life of our, Jesus, of our Lord Jesus Christ is the power that God has given to us as his children to live before him in a righteous and godly way. Uh, and so notice in your verse there, or do you not know? And, and this is, uh, is the word for like agnostic. It's, it's uh, do you have ignorance? Do you not know these things? That it's by God's grace and through his faith that the power of God is manifested in our lives? And that by the Spirit of God and the Spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ, we live not by a list of do's or don'ts, not by a list of spiritual gymnastics, that we try to, uh, to make and, and live the Christian life. Now, all of these things are good. All of the Christian gymnastics and the, the do's and don'ts, uh, you know, if, if you're dedicated to your prayer life and you're dedicated to reading of the Scripture on a regular basis, if you're dedicated to, to not watching TV because uh, junk in means junk out and, and, and these things, and it's offered up as a, a free sacrifice, those things are good. They're, they're, uh, they're glory to God if you uh, so choose. But we live by these things freely in God's spirit and not by rule and regulation, not by the law. So, um, so it says that the law has dominion or authority, has dominion or authority over the person. That regulation uh, controls the human life, the law, uh, and, it, and it has jurisdiction is the, the, the word that is uh, for 
lordship, but it involves dominion or authority. Um, and, and so it's saying that, the, that the, the, the law does not have that jurisdiction, that authority over the man uh, and over his life. Uh, for I speak to you, um, for I am speaking to those who know the law. And I want to make this point uh, with the law. The law without the article here is a general uh, moral regulations. Um, it, uh, in other words, when it's speaking of the law of Moses, it would have the article before it. But if it's speaking, do you not know the law, then it's the more general idea of the law that we taught you about and, and that we spoke of in Romans chapter 1. So when we get to like Romans chapter 1, um, verse 32, for instance, uh, who knows, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do they do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So it's the righteous decrees of God that are understood through his creation and through the divine uh, consciousness that God gave to his created beings. And that violation of that law is, is being addressed here, I believe. That's uh, my uh, understanding of the, of the passage. It's saying that uh, for all of us, there is that knowledge of, of sin, of, of the violation of the righteous decrees and judgments of God. Uh, and it's, it's given to us by the God consciousness and by the creation that God has given us, as we learned in Romans chapter 1 and chapter 2. So um, then, again, the point is that, that the law has authority over Adam's living seed, um, the law has authority over Adam 1's uh, living seed. And the idea there is that, uh, again, um, there, that man is accountable to his creator. And that man knows that he has accountability to his creator because God has innately put it within man, that God consciousness and awareness of, of who he is, someone created in God's image, and so the idea is that Adam, one, that those who have uh, fallen under Adam's sin have then uh, uh, placed under the authority of their creator, and there's an accountability, a day of accountability uh, to that Lord and God. So let's look then at verse 2. For the, the married woman is bound by the law to her husband while he is living, but if her husband dies... She is released from the law concerning her husband. Uh, here we find that, that death breaks the legal bond. Uh, death breaks the legal bond. And so what is Paul doing here in this, in verse 2 and 3? He is making an analogy uh, to a married woman. <clears throat> in the scripture, in the raw sense, it says the wife is under the man. Uh, and the, the word in the, in the Greek is, it's with a participle and uh, andros for man, uh, under man. So, and the point that's being made is that, that the, the wife is under the authority of her husband. 
And so if she's joined to another while she's under the, the particular authority of her husband by marriage, the scripture says this is adultery. It is a violation of that authority. It's a violation of that decree. It's a violation of that rule. And, and this is interesting because this is the perfect illustration of regulation for both the Romans, for the Greeks, for the Jews, for, for everybody that Paul would be speaking to in the book of Romans, right? The wife is under her husband's authority while he lives. And that's the, the nature of marriage and the nature of the, the uh, covenant that's made. And the point is that, that uh, being under that authority or under that um, uh, uh, relation, in that relationship under uh, her husband's authority. But what does he say? But if her husband dies, she is released from the law concerning her husband. So it's, it's easy to see what God is, uh, what the Apostle Paul is communicating here is that, that death uh, breaks uh, the, the, the particular decree or the law. Um, and so know where he's going uh, with this passage, huh? Um, so the scripture says that for the wages of sin is death. The wife is released from her husband and the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's going back to this point that the wages of sin is death. Uh, the, the wife's relationship to her husband is, uh, is completed. It's, there's an end to it at, at death. Um, so um, he's taking that illustration. And then, then he makes the point that the wife is released from her husband's authority uh, when he dies. And what it means there is that it's rendered, release means it's rendered without power, rendered without that authority. And notice it says, from the, the law concerning her husband, from the law of the man. Uh, so that's the nature of the relationship in marriage. <coughs> is that the end <coughs> to those things, excuse me, is... Uh, at death. So what does that mean in regard to <clears throat> our accountability to the decrees of our Creator? It was necessary that one died for all and that all are dead in Christ Jesus, that we were buried into his death because of that separation from sin and from the accountability from uh, that that uh, the law held over us. We were under the law. We were under that, that jurisdiction. We were under that truth that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that the wages of that sin is death. There had to be a fulfillment in the justice of God for that penalty, for that payment for sin. That was necessary. Paul's making this point. Look at verse 3. So then, if while her husband is living, she is joined to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is freed from the law, so that she is not an adulteress, though she is joined to another man. So uh, it's basically saying there that uh, at death, that law, that principle that was over her, is no longer in effect. And in the same way, 
of course, for us, he's making the illustration that in Christ Jesus, uh, in our death and baptism into his death, that the just penalty uh, and, and fulfillment of the consequences before a just and holy God has been paid. And it negates that rule under the law. The authority of the law we are no longer under because Christ paid that full penalty justly before the Father. And uh, so if we look then at the, this uh, fourth point, death negates the law of adultery. And then point four, Jesus resisted the Jews' rejection of Messiah. Or, I'm sorry, resisted. He related the Jews' rejection of the Messiah to adultery. Uh, here, uh, it's again the liberty has been made for the believer uh, that to live as we should, not as we please. <clears throat> so he's given us the freedom uh, to live as we should. Jesus related the Jews' rejection of the Messiah to adultery. And we find that in Mark 8:38. Jesus said, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation... The Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. Now, the, when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels, we're speaking of, of judgment here, accountability, right? And so, if uh, whosoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous generation, why does he call them adulterers? He's speaking to the, the Jewish nation here. Why, why is that? Because it's being related to their idolatry, their breach of the of the covenant that they had made, the land covenant that they had made with God, and uh, they were uh, going after other gods and other things, um, and so it's a, a, a identified as an adulterous and sinful generation. Uh, so there's another verse there, Hosea 3, 1, that makes the point because it's used in the Old Testament as well. Then the Lord said to me, go and love a woman who is loved by her husband, yet an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the sons of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love raisin cakes. So we find in the book of Hosea that God uh, illustrates that the, the Jewish breach of their, their relationship with the Lord their covenant to love the Lord their God with all their heart and soul and mind uh, was broken uh, with idolatry. Uh, so what we find here is freedom to go uh, wherever one likes, the freedom that has been, uh, been brought for us. So the husband dies, she is freed from the law. Um, so our freedom from the law means that we have the liberty of possessing the the capability of movement exempt from, uh, from restraint and obligation or liability, uh, unconstrained and unfettered to that accountability. And in that freedom, uh, we have the liberty to live as we should and not uh, simply as we please. And that's the point that the Apostle Paul is making, that the way to sanctification, the way to living the Christian life is not putting ourselves back under the law. And that's the thing that do you not know, or do you not know, uh, is being addressed to, to us as believers. Chapter 7 is an amazing chapter, 
And it, it really addresses uh, the immediate need of living the Christian life and what, it, what the actual process is because we have been justified by faith and having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have obtained access into grace. And that access into grace gives us freedom. It gives us liberty in living the Christian life and living out from under the authority of the penalty and accountability for our, our sins so it frees us to righteousness. And uh, here we find going on to verse 4 then. Because here we find a therefore. And so what is therefore address? It, it takes uh, a, a summary uh, or a, a communication of a uh, summarized communication of, of what is, has just been stated. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ so that you might be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. So where does Paul take us here in, in this thought? Do you not know that, that the law no longer has jurisdiction over you? Um, and like the, the, the woman who is married to a man, when her husband dies, she's no longer under that obligation, under that law, under that rule. In the same way, you also were made to die to the law <clears throat> through the body of Christ so that you might join to another to him who was raised from the dead. So what is this speaking of? It's speaking of uh, Christ, um, his... Um, his uh, new covenant in his blood. That, that Christ said, I will send to you a, a, a Holy Spirit. You must be born again. And this Holy Spirit will come. He will indwell your, your heart, your life, and he will transform you. You will be born again. You will be spiritually made anew. And that spiritual newness is the freedom that we have because we have been made to die, and in that passing through, the scripture says, and he that, um, uh, that believes in him has passed out of death and into life, out of darkness and into life. And so we died and were raised to bear fruit for God. So Paul is saying in his argument here, he's saying we don't go back under the law. We're under a new covenant, a new, uh, a new dispensation where the believer, by God's grace, through faith in the power of God to the glory of God, lives by the power of his spirit. And it's, it's supernatural. It's supernatural that we put those things aside because our, our physical bodies, our fallen state in Adam, the old man in Adam always wants to rebel. It always wants to be selfish. It always wants to be prideful. It always wants to do what it wants to do. It always wants to be upon the throne. But the new life in Jesus Christ dethrones our ego. It moves him off the throne where Christ becomes seated, his spirit, by the power of Christ's spirit. And so the scripture says, uh, and the Apostle Paul prays that God would, would grant that we might be strengthened with might by the power of God through Christ who dwells within us. The Spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ 
has come to indwell and be within the believer. And therefore, my brethren, you were made to die to the law through the body of Christ so that you might be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead. And that power of resurrection has been granted to us as believers. So when we talk about this access into this grace, we're talking in the, 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 the power that, that the Apostle Paul prayed for the believers there in Ephesians chapter 3 that he, God would grant to us. So grant that's grace. Grant to us um, the, the, the power uh, of his spirit, of the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. He would grant unto you to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That's the salvation. It's to the glory of God. There's no activity on man's part whereby he does works of the law and attains to the glory of God. But the glory of God, the power of God, is given by the grace that comes to us in Jesus Christ. And the scripture says that it was to him who was raised from the dead. That power of Christ's resurrection is alive within the believer because Christ, when he was raised from the dead, ascended to be seated at the right hand of the Father, ever to be your mediator, ever to make intercession for you. And while there, he sent to us his Holy Spirit. I will send to you another comforter, and he will be with you forever. You have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You have been filled with the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ and with the power of the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ through his Spirit. That same spirit that raised him up from the dead quickens our mortal bodies. It enables us in living the Christian life to the glory and power of God. There's no brag on man's part. There's no boast of our doing the Christian life. It is all to him, uh, from him, and to him, and through him, through Christ Jesus, that salvation, that deliverance, that sanctification that the Christian life is lived. It is to his glory. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God. It's a free gift. His grace and his power. That eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So uh, a second, uh, first point here, we died to the law through Christ's body. We were baptized into his death. When he died, you died with him. And how did that happen? It happened not by the law of, of Moses, but by the law of faith. It was by the law of faith that God did such things in our lives. The scripture says, We then nullify the law through faith. May it never be on the contrary. We establish the law because the law is in our heart. Because the life and the spirit of Jesus Christ is within us and we've been set free at liberty to know the power of God. And what do we need most of all? To watch and to pray that we enter not into temptation. Uh, because the flesh is, is uh, the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak, right? The flesh will always fall short of you. It will never, uh, never in yourself will you be able to accomplish living the Christian life? Will you be able to accomplish sanctification? Only by the power of God 
that grace of God through faith and through the law of faith is this indeed the accomplishment or the completion or the establishment of the law of God's decrees, of God's will being enacted and worked out uh, through the believer. So what do we seek after then? And, and what is it that we as, as believers uh, seek for in living this Christian life? And what we find is, is that uh, the Apostle Paul is praying uh, that, that in our lives we may know uh, spiritual wisdom uh, and understanding in regard to the knowledge of God's will. So what is, our, what is it that we seek by faith? What is it that we seek from, from, God's, from the authority of God's word? Because it says that he has granted unto this these great and precious promises whereby we've made partakers. We've been made partakers of the divine nature through the, the great and precious promises that God has given to us in Christ Jesus. Well, what do we seek? We seek those great and precious promises because it's God's word and God's word is God's will. And we pray that we may order our steps in accordance with his will, that we may have knowledge of his will for our lives. That's a wonderful prayer. Pray that you have knowledge of God's will for you with spiritual understanding and spiritual wisdom and that we may walk before him in a worthy manner. Well, how do we do that? We do it by the power of God's grace at work within us in faith. Trusting God is my Savior. He will deliver me. His promises are good. And this is His will. And this is where I will go. And I will go by His power, His grace. The Lord God is able to deliver you. He is able to deliver me. And He is able. And my hope, my trust, is not in my own ability or my own power or in fulfillment of the law, but in the power of our Lord Jesus Christ to do within me what He said He would do. It's hope for us. And it's, it's always, it always goes back to He that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Justification and in sanctification. Right? You're justified by God's grace through faith. You're sanctified. As you have received him, so walk ye in him. There's freedom for you. You don't have to live under the authority and under the rule of sin in your life because the power of Jesus Christ is sufficient. He is able to deliver you. We died to the law uh, through Christ's body. It's dead to you. And Paul is saying, do we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Why? Because it's contrary to the nature of the new man in Christ Jesus. It's contrary to what Christ has done for us. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? And shall we live uh, under the law? No. We live by the freedom of God's Spirit. It's caused us to raise us up to, uh, with the wings of eagles by His Spirit, by His power, and by His grace. A second point here is that we were raised from the dead and given a new identity in Christ. We're, we're new people. 
that old man <clears throat> is never going to change. And eventually, our physical bodies are going to have to die <clears throat> because it is a body <clears throat> of sin and death. It is mortal. But what is new within you in the, the, the new life that Christ gave you is eternal. And the promise is that there is a resurrection body. There is a new body. There is new life. There's life after death. There's life after mortality because Christ was raised from the dead and his victory is power over sin. And we as God's people have been given that freedom and that grace. <clears throat> and so we find that we have been blessed with God's grace. Romans 5.19 says, For as through the one man's disobedience... Many were made sinners, and we were all under that sin, and our bodies have to go to the grave, and they have to die there. But the Lord Jesus, <clears throat> he said, he that beholds the Son and believes in him has, present tense, eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. That life is eternal. It is full. It is rich. It is good. So by one man's disobedience we were made sinners. Even so, through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. You were buried in his death. You were raised up to walk in newness of life. That same spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead quickens our mortal bodies. He enables us. We're crippled. We're crippled with lack of faith and with unbelief. There's no limit to what God may do in our lives if we just trust him. If we just listen to his word and, 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 and apply uh, ourselves to obedience to, to the truth that he declares. And he's given us all that is needed. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places has been given to you in Christ Jesus. All things that pertain to life and godliness. By one, by our Lord Jesus, many were made righteous. <clears throat> and that righteousness is not just justification from the penalty of our sin, but Freedom from the power of sin over our lives. And what hinders us? I'm asking you a, a direct question. I pray that the Holy Spirit is directing a, a, a direct question. What is hindering you in your life right now in regard to, to sin, areas of sin, areas of, of failure? It's not God's power. <clears throat> but what is the principle? The principle is faith. The principle is believing God at His Word. The principle is trusting in the integrity of God. The principle is waiting on the power of God and trusting in the power of God to accomplish what the will of God would accomplish with spiritual wisdom and understanding that we may walk in a manner freedom, of freedom and of liberty and of fruitfulness to the Lord God. He wants for us to be fruitful we were raised from the dead and given a new identity in Christ Jesus. You've been called children. As many as received him, to them they became the children of God. The scripture says that you're made partakers of the divine nature in Christ Jesus. Where's our victory? Where's our joy? Where's the, the, the life of Christ in God's people? Uh, the church is so diminished today. We're so... Uh, crushed in unbelief and in, in lack of... We've, we've tossed out the, the authority of the Scripture 
It's, it's the word of God that we hide in our heart that we may not sin against him. It's the word of God that we order our steps. Lord, let my heart trust you. Lord, let my heart trust you. Because he is able to do all of these things. What is it that God cannot do? He's God over all flesh. He is able to accomplish. He is able to deliver. He is able to show his glory in your salvation. So put aside your sin. If there's anything that's needed in the church of Jesus Christ today, it's that we would repent and turn from our sins and turn to the power that Christ has given us to live a godly life before people. That's what he wants. That's his will. So if we pray that God helps us to understand his will, then we understand that he wants for us to live godly according to these principles and these truths. And it's the fulfillment of the law. Without being under the law, there's a spirit that is above the, the law that quickens our mortal bodies, that, that conforms us into the image of Christ's Son. The scripture says that God has predestined you to be conformed to the image of his Son, Jesus Christ. You're predestined for that purpose. God has done that. It's by his power. He wants you to look like Jesus Christ. He wants for you to act toward others like Jesus Christ. He wants for the spirit of, of Jesus Christ to, to live within you. Love and joy and peace and patience and, and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Jesus, he's a beautiful picture he became flesh and we beheld his glory. Glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Put our eyes upon Jesus. Lord, put our eyes upon our Lord Jesus. Put our eyes upon his glory. May we see him. May we know him. May we know his spirit in our lives in such a way that's not just words. We're not just speaking words, but we're living in accordance with that truth. It's available. The scripture tells us it's available. And his word is true. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe his word? Do you believe the integrity of the Lord Jesus Christ that he's able to do what he says he will do? Looking at verse 5 then. For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were, were, work, were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit for death. <coughs> Always. You put self on the throne and it's death. You put pride on there. You put ego on that throne in your heart and in your life. And it's always going to bring death. For the believer as well. It's always true. While we were in the flesh and if we act in the flesh and the sinful passions of the flesh are aroused and they can be aroused by the law. They're, uh, we're at work in the members of our body and it bears fruit to death every time. The wages of sin is always death. Believer, unbeliever. It's destruction. It's death. It's vanity. It's futility. It's nothingness. The law works to bear fruit for death. Therefore, what benefit or what, uh, we translate, this word is the word for fruit. What fruit were you then deriving from the things of which you are now ashamed, for the outcome of those things is death. That's what we, we learned in Romans 6.21. And here we find <clears throat> that 
that the fruit of death is born out in our body of sin, our body of death. And the law <clears throat> is at work within our members to bring those things about. The law says don't do this, and what do we do? We do it, right? Isn't that the nature of our flesh? The wheat and the tear. The law aroused sinful passions of the flesh. Did God really say? Isn't that the question uh, that always comes and, and, uh, and is, is repeated throughout human history? Did God really say? And what is that but a challenge to his, to his integrity? Love the Lord Jesus Christ. Love the Lord. The passions work in our members to bear fruit unto death. The passions work in our members to bear fruit unto death. Okay, so let's look at verse 6 then. Verse 6 says, But now we have been released from the law. We have been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound, so that we serve in newness of spirit and not in oldness of letter. Oldness of letter is what? It's a, re a reference to the law, right? So now we serve in the authority of God's spirit. We release the law, having died uh, to that by which we were bound, so that we serve in newness of spirit. So what's the authority over your life? The authority over your life is the spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ. He bought you. He redeemed you. He paid for you. And you're his. So as we studied in Romans chapter 6, the end, present yourself to, to the Lord for you are slaves to the Lord Jesus Christ. You are his servants. And we're called to, to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, to serve righteousness, as it says. So we are ser to serve under the authority of God's Spirit. And so we find there the completion of the law, the fulfillment of God's law. Here we have the, the law. We could go back to that, that uh, picture there, Lori. Uh, Mount Sinai, the law, what God demands. Uh, but at Calvary, through grace, what God has provided. And there's a huge difference. God has provided his salvation. It's by grace. And it's through faith and trusting in the integrity of our God to do exactly as he has said. So we're released from the authority of the law. We were accused and we've been acquitted. We've been acquitted because we were buried in Christ's death, because the rule or the principle of death comes into, into factor here uh, for us to be released from that authority that the law has when it uh, commands that, that the wages of our sin is death. That, uh, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are all short, and yet uh, those wages were, were death. And death has been, uh, the, the death of Christ on the cross of Calvary put to death, death. It was the death of death. We died to that which bound us. We died to that which bound us. We, the scripture says that the son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So you are free this morning by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we do not serve by the old letter, but under the law. 
Christ put to death the outside requirements of the law for an inner transformation by new birth. We've been given an inner transformation by new birth. And fourth point here is that we serve in newness of spirit. We serve in newness of spirit because God has given to us a new heart, a new life. Uh, so Jeremiah 31, 33 is one of the passages in the Old Testament where the, the new covenant was given and the prediction that the Messiah uh, would come and that, that God's plan for mankind's redemption uh, would unfold. And this new covenant was not like the old covenant, as it says there, not in oldness of letter, uh, but in newness of spirit. And notice what this verse uh, and what the new covenant had to say. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and on their heart I will write it, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That's a, a wonderful promise. When Christ came, he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. He was speaking about this covenant. And Christ was telling, he was teaching his, his disciples that, that he was going to the cross of Calvary, that he on the cross of Calvary would bear our sins. For God made he who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And Christ on that, that cross of Calvary, uh, uh, the penalty for our sins was born completely fully, paid in full. And so we passed out of death, through death, and into new life in Jesus Christ because it did not end there, but Christ was resurrected from the dead and his power over death and over sin was displayed to the glory of God our Father. And God in Christ Jesus put a new law within us, a new law a new heart within us because it was absolutely necessary. Think of the, of the logic of it. Mankind in all of his futility and all of civilization and all of his failures has fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, we have been plagued with fraud and deceit and theft and murder and all of the wages uh, of, of sin, the, the, the rages of sin and failure on mankind's part. And Jesus Christ came and he said, there's got to be a transformation in here, in the inner person. And he was able to do it because he's our God and he's our Savior. He created us and he's able to redeem us by his great and mighty power. It's to the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ that we have the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is good news, is it not? Let us pray. Father, we pray that we may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of our own derived from the law, but that righteousness which comes through faith in Jesus Christ. The righteousness which comes from you on the basis of faith. May we know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death that in order that we may attain to the resurrection from the dead. 
Empower us to lay hold of your will for our lives, that for which you laid hold of us. Empower us as your people to press on for the goal of your high calling in Christ Jesus. For it is in the riches of your glory we pray that you would strengthen us with power, with your might, through your spirit and our inner persons, that our Lord Jesus may dwell in our hearts through faith. Grant to us access into this grace that has been found in Christ Jesus, that we may know the love of Christ and that we may be filled up to all the fullness of you as your power works within us. Display your glory in the life of each and every person at Grace Bible Church and in your church universal. Grow our faith that we may trust in you for all things. Increase our affection and devotion to the Lord Jesus and cause us to fervently love one another that we may stand in your truth and walk in your righteousness and be seated in the glory of your holiness. We pray in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Amen.